The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Today is the day for you to go out and send in your 25 under 25 nominations. If you own a company or if you do business with a company that has 25 or fewer employees, go out to 25under25.com and nominate them for the 14th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards. You can find out all about the eligibility requirements and the process at 25under25.com. There's a nomination form out there, and there's a lot of events that lead up to the big gala on February the 28th. If you're interested in sponsoring, please get in touch with me, Kelly Scanlon, kscanlon at ithinkbigger.com. Be happy to talk with you about that. This is a huge deal. It's one of the premier events in the entrepreneur community in Kansas City. So please be sure to go out there, look that up, get yourself or someone you work with nominated. Now, did you know that the average CEO tenure is five and a half years and that nearly 40% of CEOs are fired within their first 18 months? Well, our guest today, Joel Trammell, is a successful CEO and entrepreneur with more than 20 years in IT-related software companies. Currently, he is the CEO of Chorus, which provides a business management system for CEOs and other leaders. Joel's also the chairman emeritus of the Austin Technology Council and co-founder and managing partner of private equity firm Lone Rock Technology Group. He has a new book out just about a week ago. It was released called The CEO Tightrope, and it's for purchase on Amazon.com as well as some other places that I'm sure Joel will tell us about. But Joel, welcome to the show today. Pleasure to be with you, Kelly. So why did you write the book, and why now? So I spent about the last 20 years running companies and, and being successful in running those companies and then started doing some investing and observing how other companies were run. And through board meetings and consulting with other companies, I noticed that there's just a huge difference between the CEO job and any other job in the company. And many very successful people that have done great things all the way in their career get in the CEO job and fail. And so I think because I've spent uh, most of my career in that CEO chair, I can at least provide some guidelines and methodology that helps those very successful people make what is a very difficult transition. Now, what was your experience, before we get into some of your advice, what was your experience that helped you become a successful CEO? What did you do prior to assuming that role? Sure. I um, My first job out of college was teaching at Naval Nuclear Power School, and I thought I at that time I wanted to be a university professor. I took a couple of graduate engineering courses and realized that I just wasn't interested in engineering anymore. I was interested in business. And at that time, if you wanted to go get an MBA, making a transition from engineering, they wanted you to take about 60 hours of undergraduate business and I thought maybe that was a waste of time, so I figured the easiest thing to do was to start my own. Ah. And and so I started my own business at 25, and then after a while of doing that, uh, 
you, you kind of become unemployable by anybody else, and so you better figure out a way to make it work. So I've spent most of the last 25 years running businesses of one sort or another. Okay, so you actually had a a, a practical education to become a CEO. As instead of going through the uh, classes and all the theory, you experienced it firsthand. That's how you got your knowledge. Absolutely. All right. One of the things that uh, you mentioned is that CEOs come into the position, they aren't prepared. A new CEO, first day, first week, first few months on the job, since they only last an average of 18 months, uh, what what is it that they face that's just so devastating to their careers? Typically, a person's experience before being CEO is in a functional area. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were a salesperson, let's say, and you know, then they were a really good salesperson. So somebody made them a sales manager, and, and they delivered results as a sales manager. So eventually they were made a sales VP, and eventually they were running, you know, maybe worldwide sales. And in each of those roles, when a decision came to their desk, first of all, it was in an area of their expertise, typically sales, and they were typically the expert in the room, and they could depend on their experience, uh, their personal knowledge, their having been in the seat, to, to make the decision. And so uh, functional roles like running sales or running marketing or running finance all depend on somebody developing a high degree of expertise in a particular field. And then one day we take that salesperson and say, hey, John, we think you would make a great CEO. And we put them in the CEO chair. And the first day they walk into that office, they get about 10 problems dumped <laughs> on them immediately, nine of which have nothing to do with sales. Right and are areas that they probably have no expertise. And even a very experienced CEO can't possibly have expertise in every area that he's forced to make a decision. So it's a different type of job, whereas all the previous jobs, were they were relying on their own expertise. In the CEO chair, they have to leverage others' expertise, which is a totally different skill set. Right. Now, the leveraging that goes on, too, sometimes you might not even know who it is that you need to leverage or... or how to find those people or those experts that you need to get advice from. So what what is your advice? A new CEO faced with multiple problems that he's been charged with solving or he or she has been solved with charged with solving. Uh what what is your advice to them? How would they even break that down without being overwhelmed? Sure, yeah, it's it's a big challenge. Um uh, CEO is the only one that doesn't have a direct boss in the organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they have to find people they can go to, first of all, to establish relationships. Maybe peer CEOs. There are a lot of uh, CEO groups that you can join. Maybe mentors, maybe people who've retired, maybe board members that are uh, part of their organizations. But, But they need to immediately reach out. Often the tendency when we don't know something is to, to stay internal and try to study and figure it out. Well, you just don't have the time for that because people expect results too quickly. So the first thing I encourage new CEOs to do is find some people who've been down the road to, that can serve as mentors and then read books and, and things as well that can provide a certain methodology. And that's what I've really tried to do in the CEO tightrope is is set up a kind of methodology in a sense, a way to look at the job. What What really is the job? Where should you focus your time? as opposed to just getting hit with the million different tactical problems that come to a CEO's desk. Right. When we talked about the first day on the job, the first several weeks or month or so, but 
let's back up even more. Somebody is aspiring to be a CEO or they think they've got a pretty good shot of it. And this is short of starting their own company like you did, but they're within an organization and they think that they might be on a short list uh, to move somewhere else and be the CEO or even advance within their own company. What are some of the things that a prospective CEO can do to enhance their chances of being selected and being successful once they assume the role? Yeah, I think someone who wants to sit in a CEO role needs to broaden their experience as much as possible. So look for opportunities to do things that are kind of outside their comfort zone. Uh, For instance, if they've always done business in North America, maybe look for an opportunity to to run a business, uh, run a part of a business internationally. Or if they've always been in sales, look for an opportunity for a GM role that includes marketing and product development areas. Uh, You really want to get as broad exposure as possible, as early as possible, to prepare yourself for the many challenges you're going to face if you do get the CEO position. How about things like serving on boards and other ways that you can broaden your relationships and your your perspectives, uh, perhaps even outside your own industry? Absolutely. Great great idea. Uh, look for opportunities. And sometimes people get very focused on size. Right. And, and, and while size is, is important, uh, and certainly size can add some complexity, business is business. And I, I would a lot rather see a potential CEO candidate that has had an experience running a very small business in the CEO role than one who's run just a major division with maybe even billions of dollars of revenue but never had the CEO responsibility because there's just so many things outside the normal general manager position in a large company that a CEO has to deal with that I think that having that experience. So I tell people, you know, go run a lemonade stand basically (laughs) uh, if you you can. Uh, Don't worry that it's a small company. that that experience will be tremendously valuable. If you had to boil it down, we've talked in some generalities, but if you had to boil it down and name the top three challenges that a CEO faces, what would those be? Yeah, so the CEO job is all about leadership and influence. How do you get people to do something uh, that you, you can't command them to do? You can't command people to be creative. You can't command people to be engaged in their work. Uh, And so to get good performance from people, you have to provide leadership. To do that, I talk about three things. People have to fundamentally believe that you have credibility, you have competence, and you care about them. And so those three things, the credibility is the idea that when the CEO stands up and says something, you absolutely believe without question that they're telling what they believe to be true, that they're authentic, that they're trustworthy. And then on the competence side, uh, you have to believe that the CEO has an idea. He doesn't have to be perfect with the strategy, doesn't have to be perfect with the market and product mix, but he has to show that he is competent, willing to listen to others, willing to integrate new ideas into the business, move the business forward. And then finally, the third thing, the idea that he cares. Uh, Nobody expects you, if the ship's sinking, nobody expects you to go down with the ship necessarily but you better not be the first guy on the lifeboat either. (laughs) And uh, too many CEOs get so concerned about their personal situation, their golden parachute, whatever. It's really hard for people to believe in them when they know that if everything goes to heck, the employee is out of a job and looking for a job, and the CEO's got a $10 million payout sitting on the table. 
Right. Let's talk for a minute about small businesses and and the CEOs of small businesses. Many times when a person starts a small business, they are coming from a corporate environment where, as you said, they performed a function. And so they're very uh, skilled in that particular area. When they become the CEO, there's all these other things they need to worry about. Or like you, just right out of school, basically, they'll sometimes people will start a company and they really don't have any practical ex- work experience, but they have an idea. So there's a transition into the CEO role at that point. And then also I want to throw in here, it's kind of a compound question, if you'll bear with me. On the other hand, sometimes they grow to a point, they grow their business to a point where they need to step back from the CEO role and hire a new CEO to replace them in order for the business to continue its growth trajectory. So if you could address both those points, there's two different transition points, perhaps for the same person within a small business. If you could talk about those for a bit. Sure. The uh, the transition from a large company to to running a small business is a, is a very difficult transition because there are, there are a whole bunch of things that are established in a business. Let's say you're you know you're running a division of GE, uh, and and there are just a whole bunch of things that you don't even give any thought to that become critical when you're running your own small business. GE doesn't have to worry about having capital uh, necessary. They're given a budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person at GE probably doesn't set any of the human resources policies. What's the vacation policy? What office are we? What space are we going to have? And a whole bunch of other things that are just kind of built into the to the system of GE. Uh, recruiting, key area for very for small businesses. Uh, you know they've probably leveraged a corporate recruiting function that, that's well in place. So there are just so many little things that a small business person has to deal with, providing the right resources, raising money, uh, providing the right human resources, recruiting talent. Uh, These are things that typical uh, a large company executive just doesn't have much experience with. And in each of these areas, uh, the small business owner has to be personally involved typically to make it happen. So that's a a very difficult transition for many people. Mm -hmm. And then then they... Let's say they achieve success in this area. Uh, they read your book, and they, they've <laughs> achieved success. And then they realize, or somebody, maybe a group of advisors says, you know what, you've taken this as far as you can in this role, and in order for it to grow bigger, we need to bring in a new CEO. That's another very difficult uh, transition for a founder CEO. Well, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, there are certainly various stages a company goes through, and having done you know numerous startups myself, there, there's the early stage uh, I call laying the egg, where you're coming up with the idea and, and, and requires a really innovative person, and then you kind of get to a project management stage where you're trying to get the product built, you're trying to get your first customers, and, and those stages uh, can really be, are, are really not a CEO job. They're, they're really a, a project management type job. And a lot of different people, especially very technical people, can be successful in those first two stages. But then when you transition to kind of the full CEO job, where you have customers, where you have investors, typically where you have a board of directors, uh, you have expectations around uh, uh, return to investors. When you start putting all these issues together, then you do require a different approach. Now, I think if you can make that transition at that stage to the CEO job, 
there's no reason you can't continue to grow with the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at a Bill Gates who started Microsoft, the Larry Ellison who started Oracle, and Mark Zuckerberg who started Facebook, all were able to grow with the company up to, to a huge size. But it really depends on how fast the CEO can learn and absorb new materials. All of those people I mentioned were kind of famous for dropping out of school because they they got bored at some of, at one of our best institutions in the country, <laughs> at least in Zuckerberg and Gates's case, they were bored at Harvard, right? Right. And so this shows their propensity and ability to learn very rapidly. And that's what any CEO has to have because no one's really qualified for the CEO job of a company. To be really qualified, you'd have to have done the job for a long period of time because you, you have to know the people and know the market. And so any new CEO coming in has to learn very rapidly and implement a lot of that learning quickly if they want to be successful. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue this conversation with Joel Trammell, the author of The CEO Tightrope. We'll be right back. On September 25th, nourish your body and your business at The Big Breakfast, a quarterly event spotlighting the entrepreneurs featured on the cover of Thinking Bigger Business magazine. They'll share stories from their own companies and advice that you can put to work in your business. Plus, you'll meet the staff of Thinking Bigger Business magazine and learn how you can become involved with the only publication in Kansas City that exclusively serves growth at small business. Find out more information and register at ithinkbigger.com. That's ithinkbigger.com. Thinking Bigger Business Media is accepting nominations for the 14th annual 25 Under 25 Awards. These prestigious awards recognize 25 outstanding businesses with under 25 employees. We're looking for dynamic Kansas City area for-profit companies with under 25 employees that have been in business at least three years and have shown steady growth, a commitment to the community, and an ability to overcome challenges. If your company or a company you do business with qualifies for the 25 Under 25 Awards, fill out a nomination form online at 25under25.com. That's 25under25.com or call 913-432-6690 for details. Self-nominations are encouraged. Apply now. Nominations are now open and close October 14 for 25 Under 25. Special thanks to our sponsor, UMB. Visit 25under25.com to nominate your business. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with Joel Trammell. He is the author of a recently released book, The CEO Tightrope, available on Amazon.com. Joel, we've been talking a lot about the challenges of the CEO and about making the transition to CEO. What we really haven't nailed down is what are the exact responsibilities of a CEO? Yeah, great question, Kelly, and and that's a big part of the book is trying to get CEOs to focus on these strategic responsibilities instead of just taking whatever comes to their desk. And so the first one I talk about is own the vision. They don't have to necessarily create the entire strategy for the company, but they have to own it. It has to be personal to them. It has to be achievable. Um, You know, when I was running my business, uh, we had a set of investors, and their goal was to sell the business at some point in time for $200 million. It was a very clear goal that we could focus on. And there were a whole bunch of things that then came out of that goal that allowed me to, to set the strategy for the company. Then the CEO has got to provide resources to the company. These typically in terms of capital resources provide the money uh, to, that allows the company to run. 
uh, and provide the human resources, the human capital necessary to, to be successful. And then every CEO is responsible for the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the CEO is the mom and dad of the company, effectively. Mm-hmm. And whatever they reward is what happens. So building the culture is really critical. And then the next stage is making decisions. Uh, decisions are really the oil that lubricates the engine of a company. And so you want to make decisions rapidly uh, and not in, in, in hinder the growth of the company. And then finally, if you do those four things pretty well then you'll have the ultimate responsibility and be able to accomplish it, which is deliver performance. At the end of the day, just like a football coach wins and losses, uh, a CEO is judged on the performance they deliver uh, to shareholders and and for the company as a whole. You mentioned earlier that leveraging is a big part of what a CEO has to do because nobody can be an expert in every area and nobody can shoulder that workload alone. So, how do you get internally, I'm not talking about external shareholders, but internally, how do you get employees to align with corporate goals? I, I realize that has to do with the culture you talked about, too, but what are some ways that, at least starting points? Absolutely, and I believe it's it's critical if you want employees to align that you, you have a system in place that allows them to do that. I, I refer to it as a system of record. It often amazes me when I go into a company and I asked a CEO a simple question. How does the lowest level employee in your company know what it is they're supposed to do? And how do they know how that relates to what your goals are as the CEO? And 99 times out of 100, they have no answer for that. And so we run companies historically by word of mouth, kind of play this game of telephone where somebody tells somebody who tells somebody who tells somebody. Mm-hmm. And what uh, you know, I've developed in my businesses and now offering as part of Chorus is a written system of records so that the CEO actually writes down what it is they're trying to accomplish in a given quarter and gets every employee to write that down and then gathers input from all those employees as to how likely they are to achieve those goals. And I think 10 years from now, people will look back at CEOs that don't have a system of record and go, what were those cavemen doing back there trying to run (laughs) businesses without any written record of what people were supposed to do? Right. All right. So what are some of the best metrics that we can use to measure a CEO's performance? In the case of some of our listeners, perhaps say, you know, self-evaluation even. What are some of the metrics we need to be looking at following? Yeah. So there are, you know, kind of three core constituencies that the CEO uh, needs to satisfy. And those are employees, uh, customers, and, and shareholders. And a lot of times it depends on the stage of the company. Early stage companies get very focused on employees and having great employee benefits and everything. And that's because they don't have customers and they often, the shareholders just gave them money so they're not expecting anything. And then as the company grows, people start focusing on the customers. Hey, we have these customers, we want to treat them great. And then as the company matures and maybe goes public or whatever, people start getting very focused on shareholder return and how our quarterly results. And Mm -hmm. what I tell CEOs is they've got to balance all three of those at all times. You never should be be focused on just one of those. Every decision should be a balance between how it affects employees, how it affects customers, and how it affects shareholders. And keeping that balance is, is kind of a key part of the role. Yeah, I think a lot of people these days uh, have a big issue with the out-of-balance tendency to please Wall Street, to please the the shareholders, and that they blame that for a lot of our economy's woes and, and other uh, issues that we face. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? 
Absolutely. I think it's very short-sighted. I, I sit on the board of a public company, and I, I'm very big about encouraging balancing uh, employees and customer needs just as much as shareholder needs, and, and you've got to spend time doing that. Um, if you don't, uh, you may short-term optimize your shareholder results, but long-term you won't. You won't build a sustainable business if you don't have happy customers and engaged employees. And so uh, I think it's very short-sighted companies that focus on short-term results, and I think CEOs should be evaluated on long-term results and also should be evaluated after they leave the company. If a CEO does a good job the first year or two after they've left, uh, the company shouldn't fall apart. And so one of the things I encourage is you know, having any separation package tied to the what happens even after the CEO leaves. Mm. If you had to leave us with one thought, what would it be? That the CEO job is different than most people realize and therefore requires a, a unique approach. Okay. Great information today. If somebody wants to get a copy of your book, Amazon.com, is that the best place to go? Uh, they can go there or they can go to my blog, which is TheAmericanCEO.com. Okay, TheAmericanCEO.com. Find out more about Joel and his company, and you can also get the book through there. Thank you so much, Joel. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Nice talking to you, Kelly. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.